0: just on closing time the next night and still pouring when my carefully constructed life began to unravel it only takes a little tug to loosen one thread and then before you know it you're missing a whole sleeve and the remains of your shirt are trailing behind you in the dirt a customer probably my last customer of the evening considering the weather had just left the shop caught by the wind the door slammed shut behind him shaking the glass panes in their panels the bell above the door jingled a complaint at the rough treatment. The cold wind took the opportunity to fling itself around the front of the store, whooshing past the books piled on the sale table, across the biography shelves and the thrillers and crime novels that faced the door. It ruffled Sill's fur where she lay curled on a faded pink cushion, in pride of place on the battered counter beside the clunky old cash register. She flicked one ear in disapproval and yawned widely, showing her pink tongue and needle-sharp teeth— I feel like vegetarian pizza tonight, she said. It's a shame cats are obligate carnivores, then, I said. If you took your human form now and then, you could eat all the vegetarian food your little feline heart craved. I could link with any animal at all, but I couldn't talk to them the way I talked to Syl because Syl wasn't exactly an animal. My friend was a cat, who'd shifted into cat form when we'd left the city three months ago and had refused to budge out of it ever since, despite my pleas. She'd been a cat so long and so determinedly that no one in Berkeley's Bay had seen her human form. Not even the other shifters in town realized she was more than a cat. No one did, except maybe Alberto. Alberto owned the town's only pub, plus this tiny secondhand bookshop and half the other businesses in town. He'd been in Berkeley's Bay so long he was practically an institution, and if there was anything worth knowing going on in this town, you could be sure Alberto Alinari would know about it. I like being a cat. She stretched luxuriously, her front legs straight and stiff, the pads of her feet separated and her claws extended. She pricked at the velvet cushion with those claws, kneading it into a more pleasing shape. Don't you ruin that cushion. I'm not buying you another one. Cheapskate? I checked the old clock on the wall above historical fiction. Its elaborate filigree hands showed five minutes past six. Alberto was a little late tonight. He usually popped over once it got dark to see how the bookshop was doing. That was why I stayed open after the other shops in our little row closed. Syl and I rented the apartment above the shop. It was dirt cheap and the commute to work was easy, so I didn't mind staying open later. And since Alberto provided the accommodation as well as the job, it only seemed fair. Besides, my mother had brought me up to be polite to vampires. They occupied a unique place among shifters. They were rarely seen in their shifted form. Maybe being a bat wasn't much fun, or perhaps the fact that they had to spend the daylight hours asleep made them reluctant to give up any of their human nightlife to flying around hunting insects. Most people forgot they were shifters at all, and once the undead rumors got started, they seemed to be in a class of their own but I'd seen Alberto breathing. I figured the undead thing was just something they cultivated to add to their mystique. I knelt on the worn carpet in front of the romance section. A lady had been in here earlier today rummaging around, pulling things off the shelf and then shoving them back every which way. People, even book lovers, just didn't have the same respect for secondhand books as they did for new ones. I'd been too busy to resort the books earlier, so I took the opportunity now to get them back into alphabetical order. While I was doing that, the door jingled its discordant tune, and I felt another gust of icy wind. "'Hunk alert! Hunk alert!' Sill called from the front counter. I scrambled up as the most gorgeous man I'd ever seen rounded the shelves. He was tall, way taller than me, which was saying something since I towered over most women. I looked up, past a wide, muscular chest and a broad pair of shoulders, to a face with cheekbones so chiseled you could have cut yourself on them. Above that was a pair of blue eyes that would have been striking if not for the hint of arrogance in their cool gaze. Damn, that was shaper arrogance. My interest cooled as fast as if someone had poured a bucket of ice-cold water over me. Can I help you? No man had the right to look that hot, especially not a shaper, as if they didn't have enough advantages already over us lesser folk. Those arrogant eyes flicked over me. I was looking for Alberto. Is he here? no shapers were trouble even ones that looked criminally good in jeans and tight t-shirts did you ask at the pub berkeley's bay wasn't a big place its numbers swelled